Hi everyone and welcome back to Style and Sustain the podcast. I am so excited about this interview episode with my incredible guest. Her name is Akia Yemoa Opuku. She is the fabulous founder of AYO Business Finder. AYO Business Finder is a space that elevates and points people towards Asian, Hispanic, Black, Indigenous-owned sustainable businesses. Akia has over 250 businesses owned by people of color just on her website for anyone to explore and to support. On her page, she gives tips on how to be a mindful shopper um, and how to have a positive impact in terms of where you put your money. We talk about her inspirations, what it's like to navigate finding your passions and your purpose in life, and how the events of 2020 in the U.S. really lit her path to create AYO Business Finder as the ultimate way, at least for her, to support and elevate minority communities in the U.S. I'm also really excited to bring you a conversation from someone who is in the sustainability world in America, because I often have conversations with people that are based in the UK or you know within Africa sometimes, but I've never really spoken to someone who's based in the US and who's also from Ghana. Um, so I just loved this conversation. I loved her heart for um, sustainable businesses owned by minority communities. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this um, whole chat. So dig in. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and I'm so excited that we've yeah found a moment to chat. I've been following your page for a while and uh, yeah, you were definitely one of those people. I was like, I'd love to have a conversation with this person around um, their space and why they put it together. Um so yeah, I guess let's let's start with the basics, which is just a quick introduction of, of what you do um, and who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about your background. Yes, I can do that. I can talk about myself, right? <laughs> so my name is Equia Yamwa Poku, and I born and raised in Florida, and both of my parents are from Ghana, so heavily influenced by Ghanaian in West African culture growing up and I am in this transformational stage of being 28 and trying to figure out what I want my next steps to look like but it's been a fun and wild ride and currently I've been having a career in nonprofit work and supporting programs and grants and things like that but what I love to do on my spare time is really be outdoors, dance, read, mm-hmm. um, discover new things about sustainability and sharing it with others. That sounds amazing. And I love I love that we both have our day names as our first names. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's usually really rare because most people will have like their British name. Yes, or their like English, English yeah. name. And then their um, Ghanaian day names. But yeah, my parents were just like, nope. Yeah. Names. I'm, I'm uh, my brother's Kofi like they're just yes. like no don't that's, know <laughs> that's that's what I tell people all the time I say you know they're like oh do you have English I said no this is it, yeah, it. That, that's it that's it <laughs> know the name Wednesday born yeah yes ma'am yeah. amazing love it <laughs> um yeah no I get the same remarks it's kind of like I say Amma and they're like so what's your 
even like in Ghana and Accra, they're just like, oh. And then they're just like waiting for me to say <laughs> an English name. I'm like, no, that's it. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> yeah. But I already admire your name because it's my mother's um, namesake too. So. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually just became an auntie. Like my, my older brother had been um, a little girl. Oh. And she was born on a Saturday as well and it was very exciting because <laughs> I was like yes another Ama in the family and they actually did the same thing so her name is just Ama as well so she doesn't have like a, an English name and it's really exciting I'm just like yes there's like awesome <laughs> I'm here for it <laughs> um I guess going back into what you do um around your transformational period in life and um I totally get it, especially late 20s, getting into like early 30s. I feel like it's like a major period of like looking ahead and what you want to do. Um, And I'm wondering if kind of your sustainability journey ties into that as well. Um, And I'd love to to learn, you know, like how you would describe your personal style when it comes to fashion and how your, I guess, your interest in fashion and sustainability started or like in, in sustainability as a whole started. Yes, so many questions in one, but yes, this is I'm absolutely. Sorry. I'm like very. I'm so curious. It's all coming out in like one yes, question. So, but um, you can take your time or answer just one of those if you prefer. <laughs> no, I'm I'm happy to share, and I really say transformational period because, mm. like so many others, with the pandemic, it really forced us to stop, mm-hmm. reflect, and assess what we're doing in our lives do we like it what do we want Mm. to change what do we want to keep doing and all that influenced how I'm pursuing my sustainability journey which I'll go to into more but also my style like prior to I would say like 2018 I my style was very just like fun and whatever I loved and whatever I thought would be for a great occasion. So my wardrobe consisted of a lot of different colors, mm-hmm. patterns, styles, and I was ready for any occasion, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, as I've gotten older and as I've just had, honestly, decision fatigue <laughs> and wanting to make <laughs> less choices, mm-hmm. I've really just gravitated towards more solid colors and simple patterns and versatility being huge in my wardrobe of can I wear this going um, to brunch? Can I wear this going to an interview? Can I wear this, you know, wherever has been so huge and informing my style, Mm. which ultimately ends up making it sustainable too, because I'm Mm. really looking at my pieces as more than just one moment, one occasion kind of wear, but how Mm. can I get the absolute most from the clothes that I'm wearing yeah I love that and yeah I I love what you said about versatility and getting those pieces that can also kind of fit across the board in your closet um and it sounds like that's kind of the direction you're you're um taking as well with that it's just a wholesome piece as a closet versus just yes yes here and there which is very similar to my experience as well now I'm realizing that I have a wholesome closet versus a closet that was just like this trend that trend this trend that trend like random random things coming together uh but having that story within my closet has been really transformational as you mentioned um and I guess um in terms of your journey with your business so are you a business finder 
um, which um, you set up and I think you mentioned or like within the description on your website so it was kind of a reaction to a lot of the crazy events in 2020 um, yes. 2020 COVID, COVID year one is what I call it <laughs> <laughs> um, could you tell us a little bit about that story and um, the birth of um, AO Business Founder? Yes, I can. And it really started in 2017 when I mm-hmm. decided to make a leap to be more serious about my sustainability journey. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I wasn't doing sustainable things prior to like mm-hmm. not wasting my food and being mindful of the water running when I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. But that in 2017, I had the perfect combination of boredom being in a new city, not having friends. And so I was just on social media and really stumbled upon zero waste and minimalism and got really inspired and fired up. Mm. And so I launched my blog in December of 2017 to share my experience, to also be a representation that there are uh, African-Americans that are Mm. living this lifestyle in the United States that are not in just these more traditional places that people Mm think of and know like New York and California like at the time I was literally living in Minnesota so (laughs) you know just a very different experience and over the years as I've grown in my sustainability journey of doing blogs doing digital products um, doing webinars and things like that I really knew I was in that peak moment of finding Mm -hmm. where I'm going to best serve this movement Mm -hmm. and then 2020 happened Mm. And when I tell you, I was beyond filled with rage. Mm. Oh my goodness. Rage, confusion with the pandemic, but rage because, you know, the the killing of Black lives isn't anything new, mm. right? But the media showing it, um, yeah. seeing injustices happen with people not being responsible for their actions. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. And so the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement really inspired AYO Business Finder mm-hmm. because I know I needed to find a healthy space and way <laughs> to yeah. channel this <laughs> anger that I was feeling. And I said, yeah. I want to be a part of sharing love. Mm-hmm. And so that was what the business finder was because one of the best ways you can share love is to use one of the most valuable assets we have, which is our money yeah. on someone or something. Mm. And so the business finder became my way of providing a solution mm-hmm. and allowing people to see that this is a way you can show love and really make a difference because it's so powerful to invest Mm -hmm. in someone's business. You're investing in a legacy and what's bigger than a legacy, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that. I, I, um, I think that's a powerful channeling of what you just mentioned in terms of like feeling extremely angry. And I think that sentiment was like so strong across the community not just in the US but like the black community across the world where it was just like this visceral emotional reaction that had mm-hmm. to be put somewhere and and I yes. agree with you I think I think it was so ugh, during 
COVID having that happen and not having like your usual distractions where you're maybe going to work or you're doing other things and we were all kind of forced to sit and watch and see what was happening um and um then feeling that emotion and again not being able to like go out and distract yourself all you could do was kind of figure out okay where am I going to put this and I think it's really powerful that you put it into this project and you put it into um yeah what you said is, is is a critical um mode of of uplifting which is literally people putting their money into black and brown businesses you know and uplifting um this group and this community um through economics really through money because at the end of the day we can talk and talk and do as much as we want on social media right. but I think yeah that's what I loved about your project I was like yes like going directly to like one of the key um, spaces and like a, a source of support um, that is direct and impactful um, so it's it's really powerful to see and I, and I really commend you on like finding finding somewhere to put that emotion as you said yes it's like a productive way because it's not easy like it's yeah <laughs> yeah no it, it, it was definitely hard but mm. I knew if I didn't find something it wasn't going to be healthy mm. for me and knowing that you know, it started with the resurgence of Black Lives Matter, but it really yeah. made me look even beyond that of like, mm. yes, this is happening to um, Black people and African-Americans, but it's also happening to Asians. Like Stop yeah. Asian Hate was really big in the U.S. Yeah. with people just really blaming Asians for COVID mm. and realizing that this is also another community that needs love. And mm. so it just kind of continued to expand to include... Mm all of BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color. And so now it's it's really this robust search engine of mm. over 260 businesses that mm. are owned by people of color. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really powerful. Um, and, you know, the, despite the, the traumatic events of that timing, it was also, I felt like, a perfect timing for uh, Black and Brown people or like minority communities to come up with ideas to get support because everyone mm-hmm. was suddenly so open <laughs> like it was yes. this weird window which I think for me it's like it's almost like it's closing now like I feel like people I don't know I guess it's a human way of dealing with things with things of like kind of forgetting quite mm-hmm. quickly when something is really intense and traumatic but that that moment was like such a window where people were finally like sat down and listening and like open to like supporting so I feel like yeah, the, the timing, as much as it's it was difficult and traumatic and and weird, is also like at the same time was a time of opportunity in a weird way. I don't know if you felt that within um within your setup um initially or or not. No, it definitely felt like that was the moment that I needed to share this resource and support mm-hmm. people. And, and and I mean, it took months. It took months for me to build a search engine so that it has yeah. over, you know, multiple hundred businesses. But even in 2021, when it really came out to the public for free, it was still relevant. It was still important. We were still all grappling with COVID, Mm -hmm. with all these different social injustices that were Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. And it it provided a way for people to feel like, okay, these challenges in life feel big right now, but Mm -hmm. I can make a difference, at least Mm -hmm. in this business, 
with my money and my contribution. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it helps also with that. I think a lot of people felt um, helpless or like powerless mm-hmm. uh, in that in that situation. Um, but there was also like so much white guilt. Like it was like even even for me in terms of style and sustain, the number of times I popped on in like black influencers to follow like these random posts that would come up and I had, I actually had no idea how I felt about that because I was like yeah. did it have to take this for my work to be recognized and at the same time you're like oh wow but there's like all these opportunities coming up which is a really interesting space to be in but I think capitalizing in that moment and taking the opportunity is like absolutely the right reaction and the kind of like yes this is yes this is a moment that could be empowering also in a way yes mm-hmm so it's really powerful that that door opened and also across different minority communities not just the black community um but um i guess you mentioned you know 260 different brands that you have currently um on on your platform um how do you select those brands and what solutions do you think these brands offer um that is different from like the current consumption model which is very still very fast fashion driven or like fast food driven for example right so some of the things i look at when i'm considering a brand to be on the finder is you know where they are in their sustainability journey because i also want to be realistic (laughs) with uh the the audience that businesses are going to be at different places like some businesses the only component of their business that is sustainable maybe is their packaging. And for some, it's the ingredients. And for some, they do all three or five. And mm. um, there's variety, varying levels of sustainable businesses on the finder. But I also thought that was important to show because building a sustainable business is a process. Mm. Um, but looking at that, they have those components of like, vegan all natural fair wage recycled packaging kind of those key words to know that this business is on this journey and they care about the planet as well as their business mm-hmm. and is is definitely some key factors that i look at and consider and i just had a brain fart on the second question that you asked oh um i, I just mentioned in terms of like what they offer like how is that different from the traditional consumption model that we have now but I guess you've kind of answered that in terms of like putting the planet first and like people first in a, in a sense what you're yes. saying and, and I think the biggest thing is that these sustainable businesses on a wild business finder allow the customer allow us to create a life we love that's also good for the planet, which is this big model and mission that I'm always saying all over my content. But if I, for instance, really want to feel incredible at my birthday dinner in a wonderful dress, Mm -hmm. and I can find a business on AYO Business Finder that does that, Mm -hmm. it, it, it feel it's another level of awesomeness, excitement, gratitude that you can pick a dress that you feel wonderful in and it's not harming the planet Mm. like that's awesome like there's no guilt in that process there's Mm. enjoyment there's fulfillment there's you feeling like you've done your part Mm. and so I believe that's what the fast fashion companies can't do you can't feel good supporting fast fashion like granted we all fall into like Mm. we're a quick trip we got to get something or things like that 
But in a general sense, I've like never felt good supporting a fast fashion. Yeah, no, no. no. And once like, and once you know what's happening, like it's really hard to unknow that or to ignore that. I I find exactly. personally like it's it's impossible to ignore that no matter how good the clothes look and how good the marketing is, it kind of just keeps coming back. <laughs> exactly. Where it's like, when you're supporting these businesses, you can feel good about your purchase. And mm-hmm. it's really great to know a lot of the small, a lot of the businesses on the finder are small businesses mm-hmm. are women owned. So you are also part of empowering the small business community and yeah. your country as well. And you're part of supporting more women owned businesses to be out and about and operating and thriving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I always, I always say like, in alignment with what you just said that I do think small businesses are like the future when it comes to, consumption because okay at the end of the day we can admit that as humans we've always traded goods mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think sometimes there's a conversation around like no like eliminate consumerism but I feel like there's a part of us as humans where this exchange of goods has always been it's been a model and it's something that will not disappear you know in, in the next decade or century right? right um but this idea that you can support a small business um and you know, a small independent business that is that's has a focus on like people and the planet is quite hopeful, I think. And I think putting your money into that is like you said, that feeling of you're doing the right thing and you're doing good. Um I think my my the question that popped up in my head is um what does growth mean for businesses like this? Because at the end of the day what I find when I have conversations with like smaller independent brands is they're like, we want to like keep, keep, you know, doing right by the planet and by people, but we also need to make money and we need to grow. Um, do you, do you have that conversations in, in terms of the brands that you, that you feature? And like, in your opinion, what does growth mean? Does it mean we have to change the definition of growth, for example, um, if we want to stick to small businesses? Right. Oh, you hit on such an important question. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's, it's, I don't know if it has an answer. It's just like you know, it it's <laughs> it's complicated and it's not, right? Mm-hmm. But one thing I will say is like the businesses that I have spoken to through like email and social media posts and through my biz highlights on Instagram Live is that the businesses are run by humans at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. they do have a battle of sometimes society do I put the planet first in this approach or Mm -hmm. do I put making money over this approach and even if you are a sustainable business you still have to combat that challenge every day Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and it gets harder and harder depending on what you're offering and serving you know communities and and so I, I really think that businesses are starting to look at growth more incrementally mm. and starting to also know they're, they don't have to be perfect. They just have to make progress. Yeah. And so that's also something that I keep in mind as I add businesses on the finder is that to the point I mentioned earlier, one business may only be doing recycled packaging. Like that's maybe the only thing they have gotten down. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> like another business is, has their packaging compostable, has their um, packaging for like their items 
recyclable, like all these different things. And it could look hard to see, okay, are we really growing? But Mm -hmm. I believe if a business has a growth plan and they have steps that they're working towards and they achieve those, that's growth. I think it's, it's hard though too, because growth looks different for every business. Yeah. But I do believe that there can be growth in sustainable businesses. I do think it tends to move slower because yeah. there's not systems in place to support mm. businesses. Um, I get so many businesses that say they're looking for sustainable packaging mm. that is affordable. Yeah. <laughs> and if that was there, if that resource was available, these businesses could also thrive. So also knowing there's just extra hurdles for sustainable businesses as well. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think that's a push to actually support them. Um, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not taking the easy way out. Which <laughs> Not at all. You know, yeah, they're literally like cracking their heads around like, what packaging can I use? You know, whereas like a lot of brands just go for like the cheapest, quickest. Ex- exactly. Yeah, right. So yeah their their effort like they deserve our money to be honest (laughs) um i guess i'm also really curious around um what it means in the u.s i'm obviously based in the uk more Mm -hmm. than like i'm sure the conversation around sustainability is probably different um in the u.s um and i'm wondering like how you perceive it as kind of like a sustainability advocate and what does conscious consumerism mean over there um and i think for a lot of people especially like if you're in europe or other parts of the world like when i think of the u.s i'm like oh my gosh that is the land of consumption I'm just like even visiting the US like it's amazing and so fun but a lot of the fun that you have is around like what you can buy and what you can consume right right um, so yeah I'd love to get your take around like the the sustainability movement there how you see it growing or evolving um and yeah like that that approach yes I I would definitely agree with you Alma in terms <laughs> of consumption being just such a big part yeah. of American culture and even with that I have seen a continued growth and interest in the sustainability movement with things that if you've been in the sustainability journey a while feel very elementary school like Mm. but is now just picking up momentum of you know something as simple as saying no to plastic straws Mm. bringing your own container um trying vegan restaurants because now it's popular um these kind of <laughs> things have definitely been growing i mean i almost don't go to a restaurant now that doesn't have some form of a vegan option mm. which is wild to me because that wasn't even a thing i feel like five years ago okay yeah <laughs> so it's like there's definitely spaces where i see that movement growing in the space in the states but also it's so dependent on where you live. Yeah. It is insane. And I'll give you a personal example of mine. When I really dove into my sustainability journey, as I mentioned to you earlier, I was living in Minnesota. Mm. And Minnesota is, of course, freezing cold and right by Canada. But <laughs> it is also a surprisingly very progressive 
sustainability state. Mm. They, especially in the Twin Cities where Minneapolis and St. Paul are, you can find like compost bins throughout mm. the counties in the mm. city. You wow. can find composting, recycling in a lot of restaurants. Mm. Like it's so easy to live sustainable there or the options are more available and visible. Mm. Whereas when I transitioned to back to Florida, I literally can count on my hands how many times I've seen a compostable bin at a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> like I can count on my hands. Mm. I mean, no one, there's no city or like state um, initiatives that I've seen about zero waste and things like that. And if they're there, they clearly are not going to the people they need to. Mm. Um, there's not nearly as much conversation about sustainability, in my opinion, in Florida. Mm. And so those are really big factors, too, of like where you're living in the States. Mm. Like if you're living in California, yeah. everybody's yeah. talking about, about it. <laughs> exactly. Whereas like if you're living in Texas or yeah. Kansas City, mm. not so much. Mm. <laughs> so that's. Yeah that's hard too because your experiences can just be so different in your sustainability journey based on what state you're living in yeah absolutely yeah I mean it's a big country so mm -hmm. it feels like yeah it feels like a big country with different countries within it like <laughs> that's right. how I see um the U.S. sometimes and I guess yeah it makes sense that depending on where you're living you know the ease it's, of it yeah very yes. it influences it a lot and mm -hmm. and really for me conscious consumerism I believe is also becoming more on people's radar mm -hmm. as well, just with everything that's happened with the pandemic, more businesses are really mm -hmm. leaning into their corporate social responsibility, doing more mm -hmm. diversity work, businesses talking about climate change, like the conversations are definitely happening there. Mm -hmm. And I think it will only grow. And I really see being a conscious consumer as being actually being woke when you're making your decisions. Mm. Meaning I feel like so many of us have slept sleepwalked. Yeah. I think that's the phrase <laughs> yes. through our lives. Like we just buy mm. stuff. We don't think about it. We just do yeah. this and we don't really think about it. But when you're on your conscious consumer journey, now you're taking those extra minutes to think through something mm. in the interaction that you make with purchases for mm -hmm. products and services looks completely different. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. It does feel like just being more awake and then also you're just becoming an active citizen. Yes. I feel like I even actually don't even like that we refer to ourselves as consumers. Like the idea that as human beings, we've become consumers, which means mm -hmm. we're literally just intaking whatever <laughs> is out there. You know, yes. like... Sometimes just, I think of the word and I'm like, no, like I really, I'm really looking forward to a future where we can call ourselves like citizens again and like active citizens, proactive citizens, where right. you're actually, right. like you said, you're, you're thinking before you make a decision, uh, you're thinking about what you purchase, you're thinking about like what you surround yourself with, your environment. And, and I, 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 what I love about what you just said, I think when it starts with one thing, for me, it was with fashion, but then you get into that and you're like oh actually this affects everything and your yes. eyes like start opening and you start I guess awakening to like everything else that it impacts and that it goes beyond just food or fashion or whatever it's like a larger system um to 
to resist and to like yes. to like start thinking now more about any decision that you make so right, right, yeah right. and then yeah, you yeah. start realizing too that you're you're voting with your money mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. decision you make in terms yeah. of purchasing a product or a service yeah. is voting for the world that you want to yeah. see yeah. and you're going to get more of that if you invest more in it so mm-hmm. if we continue to invest more in fast fashion that's what we're going to get more of but if we keep telling businesses that we want these sustainable products they will make it at the end of the day they don't want to go broke and have a business exactly oh my gosh this is the conversation i have with so many people i think it's so weird how we've been told that we don't have any power and i think what you've just said just nailed it it's like your power is your money and yes. you know brands like I work in marketing like in my in my day job and the amount of marketing research that goes into any product <laughs> from any company whether it's in fashion or food or whatever industry yes, yes. I think people don't realize that and they kind of think that they're just you know companies just give you whatever is available but actually they're really studying um, your feedback and like what where you're, where you're putting your money because that's what they want your money so like mm-hmm. they're gonna be like okay we need to do this because this is where people are going um i guess the issue today is with the whole greenwashing aspect that's right. coming because now it's like oh yeah people want more sustainable products and they want to think about what they're buying um but let's just lie to them instead of actually doing the the real work which is really annoying it's just like <laughs> Yes, because you're trying to do right, and then people yeah, are deceiving and then you. People are trying to exactly deceive you, but I guess you know, like you said, with more education and becoming more awake, like we're also able to like overcome that and and see things a step further, and like see when a brand is actually not being authentic or or fully telling the truth, um, right. which also lies in our power, I guess. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, and I guess you you touched on this a little bit more, like um, around getting more personal with like your story um what are what would you say are some of your personal successes and struggles when it comes to sustainable living i mean you mentioned depending on where you live in the u.s um as well but is there anything else that's kind of like marked your journey within sustainability yes a big factor for me was when I started my sustainability journey, journey similar to you, it was really in sustainable fashion. Mm. I've always loved fashion. I was convinced I was going to be a designer when I was a kid. I had a light blue <laughs> sewing machine. I was making dresses for friends and sisters, even if they didn't ask. Like, I was on that path, right? Um, things shifted a bit. <laughs> But I've <laughs> always enjoyed fashion. And so when I started my journey, I always tell people, when you're starting a sustainability journey, start easy. Start where words already of interest for you. So I really got into supporting sustainable fashion brands and thrifting. And so I feel like a win for me was definitely finding a strong community of friends that also enjoyed thrifting. So mm-hmm. I had a lot of good friends in Minnesota that enjoyed thrifting. And I also had friends um, and family that enjoyed thrifting in Florida as well. Mm. So it made it easier to continue building that habit because I had a community that was excited about it too. Mm. And so I tell people really building that community is key um, because in areas where I didn't have as much of a community, I feel like it was a lot Mm. harder for me to get the ball rolling. Like even with uh, finding 
businesses by people of color. I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily have a community of people that were like gun ho about that quite yet. Mm-hmm. And I could tell it took me a lot longer to get that rolling before mm-hmm. it's, it is what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Was it difficult finding um, like black owned brands or um, yeah. How was that? Because I, I don't think it's that straightforward. Like in the UK, um, they're popping up more and more. I think they're getting more and more visibility, but I, I I feel like it's still something you have to proactively look for in terms of getting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I really, to your point, Ama, about tapping into a key moment and really maximizing it. So when everything happened with the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and the continued Asian hate crimes and things like that in the summer of 2020, I really started opening my eyes on social media and Mm -hmm. saving every single post about Black business here, Asian business here. And so it was months of sourcing, basically, on different uh, social media platforms, whether that was Instagram or Pinterest, and then trying to figure out what's the best way to share this information now that I've shared it because it took a lot of time and that often discourages people from supporting sustainable businesses or businesses by people of color. Mm -hmm. So that was a big thing too of me wanting to bring ease back into the process of supporting sustainable businesses by people of color. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Mm. Um, I guess, um, thinking about you were just mentioned about your personal journey and finding community around that um something i get asked a lot is like around so kind of the guilt culture when it comes to sustainable fashion um i think it feels like a space that's not easily accessible um, for a lot of people and if we go into our community and um talking about you know black people and our tendencies in fashion like a lot of the conversations I have is like well sustainable brands don't cater to like Mm -hmm. body shape or or styles like even when it comes to something like a capsule wardrobe like I'll admit I hate hate capsule wardrobes (laughs) I hate the fact that it has to be these neutral colors I hate and I'm just like I'm just like I want to be a lot more expressive with my style and I found other ways like for me it's all around like swapping my clothes and exchanging my clothes that's how I like I refresh um, my looks and I don't stick to like specific colors but mm-hmm. um, anyway I'm sidetracking um, <laughs> as I do um, I guess yeah around the your what you just said around um, finding um, black businesses like have you had any feedback around like yeah just the accessibility when it comes to sustainability for like the black community or like as uh, the sustainable fashion space being open to uh yeah just even having like accessible sizes for all shapes and everything like how how is that translated through the brands that you found yes no that's definitely come up in conversations i've seen and heard on social media about really having brands that are considering all type of body shapes and personalities and styles being huge. I know for me, even when I started in 2017, that was really big for me because (laughs) I remember looking at some of these sustainable fashion brands and looking at their models and being like, "Mm, she don't have no hips. Yeah, literally. Or she's really short. 
yeah. or she's not as tall as me or she don't have a booty so they're not designing like all these things are running through my mind and it mm. and it wasn't to critique these people but it was more of like okay but if I have a, a booty and small hips and everybody you show has doesn't have that mm-hmm. you're not serving me yeah. I can't buy yeah. the sustainable yeah. brand and I know a lot of people face that yeah but one thing that's been really exciting is that people can go on AYO Business Finder and see that this is a black owned brand Mm. that are going to be thinking from a black woman or man experience Mm. right and so they're going to be able to bring that knowledge to their Mm. brand Mm -hmm. and so that's the nice things too is like these businesses that are highlighted on the finder can better speak to different communities Mm. as well there um but i also think it's one of those unfortunate things where it just takes time for people Mm. to get it like yeah it's so true and sometimes like i feel like the fast fashion brands are catering better to oh they absolutely do like even something like pretty little thing they they're so their sizes are so Mm -hmm. accessible yes and like people will just say yeah but I can go there it's cheaper plus they will have my size and they yes. will, like they cater to curves and different body shapes and that's just yes. sometimes it's hard to respond to that because you're kind of like it's true but <laughs> oh no for sure and I'll, I'll be yeah. I'll be completely like transparent to you I've had to go to fast fashion brands especially mm. with pants for me to mm. get something that fit mm. I generally did because they just didn't fit like my mm. hip and waist and all this race you know all the craziness mm. you, you mm. know the drill yeah <laughs> Just, just having a different body shape I'll frame it like that um, mm. it doesn't always make it easy mm. you know but I guarantee you when I found ones that hit I stayed at that sustainable business because mm-hmm. they served my yeah. need mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely there's so much opportunity there um, oh, for yes. brands. Yeah, in terms of catering to more more people yeah absolutely um, I guess um my last question that's on my mind around this is what is your like hope for the fashion industry like even for AYO um, business finder like how do you see it growing in the next five years and how do you see it contributing further into like a positive fashion industry my hope and dream for the sustainable fashion industry is that anyone's style is represented in sustainable fashion brands. Mm. And that's a part of my mission, model, and dream is that like I can create the life I love that's also good for the planet. If I have a style I like, if I have a certain body shape, then I can find that in a brand. Mm. And I don't have to go to these businesses that we talked about, fast fashion, Zara, H&M, Forever 21, the list goes on to mm. find what can serve me you know and ultimately people will be happier because they know that they're finding something that works for them they're not harming the planet as well um, and that there will continue to be more representation of people from different backgrounds Mm -hmm. when conversation about fashion is happening when images of fashion are being taken and really shown across the board Um, Mm. you know just not one story there's so many stories and just doing a better job of elevating those different stories yeah absolutely yeah I love that Mm, I'm with you (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you I believe in that future I think it is going to happen um 
slowly but surely um and you just you just maybe think of something that happened during so again 2020 when you know everything was happening everything was <laughs> happening at that time um I had so many brands contact me that were just like oh we'd love for you to like be an ambassador like represent you know uh, our brand or take photos and like I would go on their page and they just had no rep- zero representation like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they were also capitalizing on the moment but in kind of like a negative way where they were like we're not really going to do the real work we're just going to get black faces to model or clothes that we can put on Instagram right right but behind and the it, scenes like nothing else is happening and it right. was so infuriating anyway yeah it was no I feel you and I feel like it would have been a better approach if they just would have acknowledged that they have been slacking yes. and that they're on this journey <laughs> to do better and then send you the invite mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but how but, am I going to do my research and see that mm, okay you're doing some performative behavior right now. yeah 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 literally and that's just not gonna fly <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no I like you I'm, I'm super hopeful I'm quite I'm more of an optimist when it comes to like every all our challenges whether it's like in the fashion industry whether, whether it's like the climate crisis or anything I think yeah like having conversations like this just keeps me hopeful keeps um the eco guilt away because you know that there's other people also like putting so much effort into changing the industry um so yeah thank you for what you do um I think it's such an incredible positive space um and yeah a space where I see myself reflected as well and I think that's really it's really beautiful and really important I'm so happy to hear that 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 (laughs) was so important as I created a wild business finder that it was free that it was accessible and that it was really about calling people in and not calling Mm. people out Mm. oh I love that that should be on a (laughs) t-shirt that needs to be the slogan of the sustainable fashion movement I'm telling you I don't know who started it but I'm going to continue the message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Thank you so much, Akria. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this conversation. Um, and yeah, I hope we meet some, one day. I always say this to all my, the people I interview, like, come to London. If you ever come to London, let me know. Yes, and same to you. Come to Tampa. If you ever come to Tampa, I'm here. But I appreciate you reaching out to me, asking me to have this great conversation with you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ikea. I just love her work. I think her work highlights the importance of BIPOC businesses and sustainability, the importance and the need of the industry to cater to minority communities, whether it comes to body type, aesthetics, or just opportunities for exposure and visibility. I think, you know, what we talked about in terms of 2020 and what that year was like for us both as black creators within the sustainability space really took me back and I think this episode hopefully for you is a reminder of potentially the commitments that you made during 2020 whether you're an individual or you're a business owner I know that a lot of people sat back and thought what can I do to support BIPOC lives and how you know can I elevate and create spaces that are more than inclusive uh, you know and I think this conversation for me just kind of brought me back to that space and brought me back to all the promises that were 
um, spoken, all the brands that suddenly had more black faces in campaigns, but didn't really put in the work behind the scenes. And so I would like to pose that question to you as a listener of this conversation. What were the things that you committed to back in 2020 when everything was happening um, that you may have kind of let go of now? And is there a way for you to kind of pick those commitments back up um, and actually follow through when it comes to how you're going to change your approach and your perspectives when it comes to BIPOC lives? And I think Acres Space is a perfect opportunity to to, to start and to go back into into that um, just by visiting her website, just going on her Instagram, supporting what she's doing and going through and exploring the black and brown and indigenous businesses that she's uplifting on her space, purchasing from them um, when you can. Obviously, she's based in the US, but I'm sure some of these brands ship internationally. And sometimes support is not just about the money that you uh, put into a business it's also about how you talk about them about sharing what they're doing on your space whatever it is she has created an opportunity with AYO business for us all to go into her space and elevate and support brands that are actually owned by black indigenous and people of color in the sustainability space and we all know as we said in the conversation that it's actually not easy to find sustainable and ethical brands that are black owned and or indigenous owned or just owned by um, people from minority uh, communities so I really encourage you to visit Ikria's page she's obviously on Instagram as AYO Business Finder Um, within her link tree you can find uh, connections and you can sign up to her newsletter for example you can also watch her YouTube channel and you can also explore AYO Business Finder and look through all those wonderful brands that she's supporting and uplifting Thank you so much for joining and listening to this conversation. I hope it was informative. And um, yeah, if you have any comments or questions about this episode, just email me at ama at soundsystem.com or you can just send me a message on Instagram. My Instagram is style and dot sustain. And I can't wait to share the next episode with you. Bye.